Good evening, America. This is Wake Up America with DJ and David, and today we'll be talking about Kanye West and Brett Kavanaugh. So, David, why don't you get us started? Okay. Good evening, America. So, I'm here to talk about Kanye and his meeting with Trump. Kanye West, as we know it, on last Thursday, he met with Donald Trump on October 11th, and this meeting was supposed to be held around um, the urbanization and basically getting an understanding of the black situatedness per se. Um, and some of us have, have already saw the videos and the interview and watched as Kanye West jumped from topics of racism to police brutality, mental health, prison reform, in the 13th Amendment. We also saw that Kanye West wore a hat that just so happened to say, make America great again. And he talked about how he was criticized and um, discouraged from wearing it, but he still wore the hat. Uh, and he also feels as though Donald Trump was or is a supporter of black people and that black people in a sense, need to stop bandwagoning with the Democratic Party because it's the quote-unquote Democratic plantation. And he was just ranting, and he denied his mental health state and his bipolar disorder that he was diagnosed with just because someone else told him that he wasn't. And he'd start talking about how we need to focus on a core and strengthening a strengthening our core and how he was going to push that effort by bringing Yeezys, Ardidas to Chicago and how that was going to prevent Vietnam and China from uh, beating him to the punch and how Trump can basically be a helping hand and by listening to him and him representing the whole black population, I guess, and the free thinker world. So for me, it was very problematic given that Kanye West has this history of his sporadic moments where he just jumps on stage or he starts ranting about his feelings. And it seems as though he doesn't really think about it. He he may come from a, a, a good place or he may have a good point, but at the same time, his delivery is is out of whack. Like how he jumped on stage and started congratulating Beyonce and took the mic from Taylor Swift, like that that type of stuff. And I'm glad that people like John Legend and Chance the Rapper had corrected him and told him like, bro, like you need to chill out and actually take stuff into consideration. Um, but what what do you have to say about it? I feel that Kanye does come from a good place at most times, but I feel like he's one of them people that don't always think before he speaks and he needs to choose his words carefully or change them up in a way where it doesn't come out as harmful because I do believe he come from a good place. But then again, it's just the way that he words his stuff, the way he words his statements is just like, really dude? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so he he throws he throws he throws us off a lot. I have to, whenever he says something, I feel that it's crazy. I have to actually go and think about it. Just be like, did he mean to come from this place or this place? And I didn't want to forget to mention that Kanye had said that he was very, and I quote, "I was very emotional and was programmed to think from a victimized welfare mentality." Blacks and African Americans really get caught up in the idea of racism instead of the idea of industry. We want a brand more than we want land because we don't know how it feels to have our own land. We have to bring mobility to the police officers. We have to bring responsibility for what we're doing. We have to take responsibility for what we're doing, excuse me. We kill each other more than the police officers. Instead bringing, excuse me, instead being enforcers, we have to release the love throughout the entire country. It's the lack of reparations that ca- cause us to label everything as racism. So that quote alone, he, to me, he kind of contradicted himself, or he he didn't really add up. The lack of reparation caused us to label everything as racist. It's empirical. It's empirical evidence that there's racism here. Uh, the lack of reparation even when we if we were to get reparation i'm pretty sure that our position in this country our situatedness in this country would still have a lack because we still experience trauma trauma is something that you can never compensate for you can give a compensation for the physical damages and everything else or you can give some sort of compensation for like oh i'm sorry or i I apologize for doing this but you can never compensate for the years the 400 years 400 plus years of slavery like we can never really get it's like it's like the same it's like the same forgive but never forget exactly and he said that we we have to take responsibility for what what we're doing we do take responsibility, and at the same time, some of us don't take responsibility. So the generalization that we have to take responsibility for what we're doing, I'm not in total agreement with it because at the same time, we make decisions. At, like he said, we make decisions or we're put in positions where we have to make decisions to survive, and those decisions are typical, are sometimes illegal, and we end up in a prison system. So how do we have to take responsibility for something that we're doing, our actions, when our actions are a result of a lack that was an intentional lack? And also, he said that he was programmed to think from a victimized welfare mentality. Blacks and African Americans really get caught up in the idea of racism instead of the idea of industry. How do we get caught up in the idea of racism when racism is prevalent it's it's here so we're uh, of course it's here and it's and it's probably never going to go away i hate to say it and then when we get into we get caught up or if we were to get caught up in the idea of industry that's basically telling me to forget about or disregard the fact that there's racism here and just focus on the money or focus on the industry and we've been doing that some of us have been doing that, and it yeah. hasn't been. It hasn't been cute. It hasn't been nice. It hasn't been something that's beneficial to us. And I just want to tell Kanye, if I was to ever meet him, you can't break bread if you're not invited to the cookout. 
I had read that on a, um, from an NPR article and that stuck out to me. You can't break bread if you're not invited to the cookout. And that's just like how, if I'm not mistaken, Shirley Chisholm uh, had said basically she was bringing her chair to the table. Uh, she was, if, if they're not, if there's no chair for you at the table, bring a Bring your own chair. Yeah, bring your own chair. So it's like, even when we bring our chair to the table, many times we're left out or we're there, but we're it's silent. Al- it's always a kind of a problem. And then sometimes we are kind of a we are kind of afraid to speak out about what's going on because if we don't speak out about what's going on, it's going to keep happening over and over and over again. And then they're just going to think like it's okay. And then that's why I encourage many people to show up in the places that they're in, whether they be in corporate America, whether they be in a classroom. I don't care if you're a janitor. Show up and be the person that you are and your identity express that like own that that's you so if you're not if you're silenced or you allow yourselves to be silent then your voice will never be heard your voice will just be overlooked and you sitting at the table is not going to bring you anything until you open your mouth close mouth don't get fed but i digress Freddie, I'll, i'll hand this portion over to you say that one more time i said i'll digress here i'll hand it over to you so now I'll be moving on to Brett Kavanaugh, the newly Supreme Court Justice. That kind of had everybody just like, well, the people who were against him, they just had us like, wow, what's going on? Because this man was accused for sexual assault during um, the process, and it, and people, his supporters were just like, it happened long ago. Why should we care about it? And um, and sexual assault should never be taken lightly. We don't, I mean, me sitting here, I don't know if it was true or not, but it should still be taken seriously. It should, it should have been still taken into consideration. But I already had a feeling he was going to get put in the Supreme Court anyway, just by the fact that Republicans really have the majority. So anything they say goes at this point. Yeah, and my take on this whole situation is is that it's interesting that we're looking at this as surprising. We should, it's not good that we should expect something like this to happen, but we know what this administration is all about. We know the things that they push for. We know their standards, their legis- what their legislation looks like, and we know their practices. So we shouldn't be alarmed in a sense or shocked that this stuff is happening. We should use this as like that fire that pushes us to mobilize and continue to voice or speak truth to power and voice our opinions and show up and vote. Um, I, I was looking at an article and it was talking about how it took conservatives 50 years to get a reliable majority in the Supreme Court. And they had laid out three reasons why. One being the GOP president having always appointed conservative jurors. For example, Richard Nixon, um, and which he, he sort of switched it up and, and made the um, appointment a campaign issue. And he pledged that he would nominate conservative uh, jurists, which when, it, when he did do that, it really didn't really help out for him. And for, 
if you look at another thing, it, it didn't really push for uh, conservative legislation as our laws, I should say. Uh, then when you look at another thing is that from Democratic pre presidents, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, they only appoint, appointed four, while the GOP had 13 appointments since 16, 1969. So through it all, the GOP candidates really haven't, they haven't been real conservatives or the people that they're putting forth really haven't been conservative and their rulings weren't conservative. They were more so liberal. When you look at the Affordable Care Act, legislation of same-sex marriage, restrictions on the death penalty as well. So I'm, I'm sort of iffy about how this will play out when it comes to Kavanaugh as well. Like, I don't know what he um, push for, but I feel like he'll still end up being liberal to an extent. But then at the same time, I'm getting this conser conservative vibe from him. But what's your take on, on how he'll be in the court? Honestly, I really don't know. But rumors, you just, when he, when Trump first announced that this is the person he was going to nominate to the Supreme Court or appoint to the Supreme Court, I'm sorry. Everyone was just like, he's going to do this and do that. I mean, we really don't know. We could just hope for the best. But then again, the, because he's up under this, he's up under Trump's wing and things like that. You never know what he's going to, if he's going to go by what this man say or stuff like that. Because whenever Donald Trump's sexual assault allegations came out, it, same thing. It was like, it happened long ago. Why should we care now? I've heard numerous people say, I've heard numerous people say that. Mm. And it's funny because a while back during um, in Clinton's presidency, Kavanaugh was a principal author in the Star Report. It's it was it was taken to Congress. It was they were basically trying to get Clinton out of. They were trying to impeach him, trying to get him out of office during the Monica Lewinsky affair and all that stuff. But also, this um, Bill Clinton, I didn't know, but he he was also accused of sexual harassment by a woman named Paula Jones and so Kavanaugh and so they wrote they wrote this little book trying to get him out of office and it was just funny how I, I kind of find Kavanaugh as a hypocrite because you tried to get rid of someone that basically did the same thing that you were accused about so if you were trying to tear someone else down I'm sure they're going to tear someone was going to try to come tear you down as well but I don't know what's true and what was fake but like I said, sexual assault should never be taken lightly, because I'm sure if it because I'm sure if it was one of your daughters or something, which I hope it never happens, but I'm just saying I'm sure if it was someone close to you, you would want to go after that person who did it. Yeah, it it seems like this sexual assault allegation uh, in a Me Too movement is something that's being taken lightly, um, and as a survivor, I I don't. I don't like that it's, it's really being taken lightly. Um, but I do understand that we live within a country that is, oh, they like to sweep stuff under the rug. Situations like this, they like to sweep under the rug and to maintain power. And they'll do anything necessary to make sure that they get into the positions that they want. And they can be accused of heinous crimes and something like a sexual assault allegation and yet they still get into that position 
are they still justified? And I feel like it's something dealing with when it comes to race, because I, I would say that it's something dealing with money or power. It's in my opinion, it is all about money. It it get it could bribe anybody. I mean, it might not get them everywhere that they want to get to, but money it it has gotten a lot of people places where they shouldn't have been. And I look at Bill Cosby, for example. I was looking at it. I'm like, interesting. This man has, he, this man is wealthy. And I would have thought that just because he had money that he would have been able to buy his way out of the whole situation. Turns out he wasn't. You look at his race. He, this is a black man compared to Kavanaugh. This man, I don't think he has as much money as Bill Cosby, but this man has he got some money, and there's people on the inside that that was fighting for him. So I'm sure something went on. I this mean, man knows, but I feel something did go on because the way that the Bill the Bill Cosby's trial, all that, it happened. So it happened a whole lot quicker than I thought. They were just pushing it. Yeah, and I, I was looking at Kavanaugh. I'm like, oh wow, it's this old white man with a little chump change. Or, well, not a chump change, but this man with some money, and plus he's in a position of power. His allegations aren't as serious, or they're not being considered as serious as Bill Cosby's situations. I don't know if it's just because of, well, I kind of do, but I feel like it's, some will argue that it's because he drug, quote unquote, drugged these women or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like it returns back to the fact that this is a black man with money in, in America, just because you're a black, just because you have money, there's more to it. When you reach that level of wealth, if you're a black person, you're still Oprah. She she could still go around the world and still be discriminated against. Just because she has money doesn't mean that racism doesn't affect her. Prejudice that prejudice doesn't affect her. Inequality doesn't affect her. It just because she's up there doesn't mean that she doesn't face that reality. Um, and so same with but with Kavanaugh because this is a man with power and he has money, this man is able to buy his way out of things and get through things because he has money in power. So Bill Cosby, this black man, he doesn't have that power that Kavanaugh had to get out, get out of this type of situation. But that's all I have to say for that. Anything else as, as we wrap up? Um, I would just like to add once, yeah, I do agree with you on that part. When you reach that that level of wealth, you pass you pass the the people you pass people. It's just like everything is thrown at you to try to to bring you back down. When you have more power or wealth than that than than that specific person. Yep. So, but that's all. That's all I have for today. What about you? That's all I have for today, too. So I think we're going to call it quits right here, then. Thank you for listening in to Wake Up America with DJ and Kavika. Have a wonderful week and weekend. We'll meet you back on the podcast. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, give your suggestions. Please make sure you get out and vote. Your, vo- your vote is your voice. These yeah, elections get out, are get out, get out and vote. 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my political differences aside, but get out and vote because you are you as an individual, you are the change that you seek. So if you want change, go out and get it. And if you're mad if you're and when these elections pass and you didn't vote, don't be mad about don't be mad if the outcome didn't turn out in the way that you wanted it to, because you probably could have been that one person that could have changed the whole thing. There's a reserve there's a reserve section for those folks that complain about and don't vote. Um, but as Angela Rice says, we got to work woke, and I need y'all to vote. Alrighty. This is where we're going to call it an end. All right.